This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So they went up the mountain with Jesus. And they came down the mountain with only Jesus. At this point in Mark's gospel, Peter, James, and John have been traveling with Jesus for quite some time. They've seen a great deal. They've done enough. The word is getting around. It's becoming difficult to go almost anywhere without drawing a crowd. People know who they are. And six days after one of these things, they go up onto a mountain, and there is this moment. That's all it is. A moment. It passes almost as quickly as it came, but they see something. It's something they haven't seen before, which is saying a lot, considering all they have been through. It's something they won't see again. If we look close, we'll see that they don't know how to take it. Peter says it's good, but that's just because he's scared out of his mind. He doesn't know what else to do. He suggests a building project. Let's change the mission from what we were doing to making sure we can stay here, because this is exciting. Jesus is here. It's a bit scary, but it's new, and it's neat. Then comes the voice. This is my son, The beloved, listen to him. The moment has passed. It's them and Jesus. And it's time to get back to what Jesus has been leading them to do all along, which in Mark is spreading the message of God's kingdom as they march directly towards Jerusalem and a battle with the devil at the place of the skull where three crosses will be set. The moment passes so quickly And one of the most hotly debated questions on this passage is why did Jesus even do it? It doesn't seem to have any impact on what happens. It's an isolated moment. We could remove it entirely from the gospel and the story would stay almost unchanged. Yet it is one of the few details included in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It was obviously a significant event for the disciples. It held enough power that generations later it was still spoken about as a pivotal moment in the life of the church. The followers of Jesus. Two millennia later, we still tell the story of this anomaly and the disciples' mission on the last Sunday of Lent every year. The transfigured Christ has become part of the story we tell about who we are as church. 
despite the fact that the disciples walked down the mountain almost immediately with nothing but Jesus and instructions to listen to him. They went up the mountain with Jesus. They came down the mountain with Jesus. If we change the time frame from six days and a moment to a couple millennia and a handful of decades, this should be a familiar experience for American Christians. I can change out the transfiguration for the rise of post-World War II programmatic neighborhood churches, and the story is almost identical. Let me retell it. At that point in the church, we had been following Jesus for quite some time. It had seen and done enough that the church had a reputation, good or bad, that spanned almost the entire globe. People knew what it was. Six days after one of these things, and I say six days here because that detail in Mark's Gospel seems designed to evoke images of Moses on Sinai or God completing creation rather than a specific six days in time. So I don't mean it happened literally six days later, but unlike Mark's Gospel, we do know the event after which it happened, after the boys returned from the war. There is this moment in time. And that's all it was. A moment. Not much more than one generation in the entire history of the church. And I honestly don't know what to think about the rise of the suburban neighborhood and the cultural shift that came with it. I suspect that reactions at the time were more complicated than nostalgia allows us to paint them now. But the church did say it was good to be there. It began building projects. The mission shifted to finding a way to dwell in that moment and that cultural space and in defense of those who instigated or took part in that work. Jesus was there just like he was on the mountain of transfiguration. But by the time I was old enough to choose the good from the bad, that moment had long since passed. We were already walking down the mountain. For my children, that moment is just a story old people tell. And I know it was a significant event. It has become part of the story we tell about who we are as church. But it was an anomaly. Just like the transfiguration, we can ask, why did Jesus even do it? I believe the answers may be similar. Why did Jesus choose to reveal himself to Peter, James, and John? Why did Jesus arrive in that particular moment in that way? I invite you to spend some time pondering possible reasons. It's fertile ground for contemplation, but right now, I want you to remember that the disciples walked down the mountain after that moment with Jesus and a divine command to listen to him. The transfiguration remains a critical story in the identity of the followers of Jesus, but that is all they were left with. They went up the mountain with Jesus and they came down the mountain with Jesus. 
It's all the followers of Jesus ever really had. And even though we are about to begin a Lenten march to Good Friday in which he will die, the paradox of our proclamation is that he is still here. In fact, Jesus is all we have to offer that can't be found elsewhere. I'm a big fan of the work done by the congregations I lead. I hope they're proud of the community they have created. I am proud to know that I am rarely the first member of the parish to arrive in a hospital room or at the house of one who has become sick. I'm proud of our support for the local food bank and international disaster relief. But if we're inviting people to join with us in being church, we need to be honest. All of those things can be found other places. Community, charity, caring. We can be honest that we found it in our communities of faith. I hope we're proud at the way we have created communities around them, but we cannot pretend it's the only place in this world they can be found. Jesus, on the other hand, can only be found in the church. Now, that may not be the specific institution as we have created it, but it is only in the church. And in the sacraments in which Jesus promised to be present. It's all we have to offer. And even though the moment passed almost as quickly as it came, that many of us look back to as where we belong, we still have Jesus to offer. And if you know the movie, to quote Ron Burgundy, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs>